You're listening to The Aligned and Free Show, a spiritually infused personal development podcast for the ambitious woman. Our passion is to help you align with who you really are, what you really want, and to free yourself from the BS that's holding you back so that you can manifest your very own magical life. We talk about manifestation, of course, spirituality, wellness, mindset shifts, business, and so much more. I'm your host, Shakia Mayer, licensed mental health clinician, speaker, and spiritual mindset coach. All right, let's get into it. Today, we have Chantel Cox on the show. Chantel is a special educator, author, speaker, and transformation neuro coach who helps women experiencing life transitions, create a new vision for themselves, reconnect with their passion and purpose, and turn their transition into their triumphant transformation. We talk about all of this and Chantel's own experiences of transition that led her to doing this type of work. Want to hear more? Keep listening. Chantel. I know that you help people um, navigate transitions, and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today, navigating life transitions with grace and ease. I want to hear all your secrets because I feel like it's going to help so many of us, including myself. Um, So I'm excited to talk a little bit about this and the work that you do and how you've gotten here um, throughout our conversation today. I think a good place to start off is when we talk about helping people with transitions, what type of transitions are we talking about? Yeah, life throws so many transitions at us, doesn't it? (laughs) Some are natural and some are unexpected. Um, Natural ones might be, you know, graduating college or high school, getting your first place, um, things like that. And then unexpected ones might be divorce, uh, demotion, um, and you can have positive ones, promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so really just a whole spectrum. And a lot of times you might be facing more than one at once. Like you might get a promotion and a new job and also be moving to a new city. And that's always fun. And I say that with sarcasm. <laughs> When we have to navigate multiple transitions at once. So something you brought up um, when we talk about transitions, whether it's a uh, demotion or promotion, where sometimes I think people, when they think of of navig- having to navigate a transition, they may think of it as something negative. Um or something difficult, like the loss of a person, like a health scare. But we also have to navigate positive transitions as well. And I think people don't realize that positive transitions can also induce stress and anxiety and overwhelm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, So you are absolutely right that even the positive transitions, you still have to recreate a new vision for yourself and you still have to step into a new version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And what can often feel challenging is that, you know, we want to be happy and grateful and excited, but we're also potentially mourning the loss of something. And it's okay. There's space for all of the variety of emotions on the spectrum. And Mm -hmm. so just really embracing that and accepting that I think is a huge piece that can be very helpful. 
Yeah, I love that because I always talk about with my clients stepping into that new version of yourself. What do you have to do to step into that new version of yourself? And so even if it is something positive, we still have to create that new vision. And I think people forget that. So I'm happy that you pointed that out because it's it's an important step in that process. Um, but before we go any further, I am interested in hearing and learning more about what it means to be a master neuro uh, coach, because I imagine you use those skills and techniques to be able to help your clients uh, navigate these transitions. So can you share a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Uh, so my journey started with a divorce and uh, that was my big transition to navigate that kind of propelled me into a transformation of my own. Mm -hmm. And then that led me to writing a book. And then people started asking to hire me as their coach. Well, I was and still am a special educator. And I'm like, I'm not a coach. I don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Uh, but at the time, I was actually in a role of instructional coach where I was coaching other special educators every day. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I actually do love that part. Let me figure out what this means. And thus began the researching and the uncovering of all the different types of coaching there are out there. Uh, it's pretty overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so I heard uh, Dr. Shannon Irvin <clears throat> on a couple podcasts and in one of the interviews, she mentioned her neuro coaching certification. And I was like, what? And so I started looking into that. And she has her PhD in neuropsychology mm -hmm. and has taken what she's learned about the brain and created the neuro coaching model and then quickly realized how much it was needed and how she was only one person and could only mm. get it to so many people. Mm -hmm. So then she took on the task of creating a certification program. And so I'm blessed enough to be a graduate of her master level certification. And um, I'm still a part of her community and part of her tribe and get to coach within her program as well. And uh, yeah, so it's just really identifying those limiting beliefs that are holding us back, those automatic, mm -hmm. automated negative thoughts, our ants, right? And then deciding, you know, I may have had this since I was little. Is this still serving me? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then it's the step-by-step -step process to literally rewrite, we, <laughs> rewire the neural networks in your brain and mm -hmm. you get to choose what your automated thoughts are. Mm, I love that. I'm interested in uh, neuropsych and neuroscience. So I have my master's in applied psychology, counseling for mental health and wellness. And I said, if I go back, I'm torn between two programs, but that's certainly one of the programs that I'm considering because there are so, I think there's so much to learn on how like what's going on within the brain and, and for lack of a better word, like the programs that are already in place, that if we just understood it a little bit better, or if we had somebody to explain it to us a little bit better, then we would be able to create a different life by creating like different habits and patterns. And so um, I'm 
so interested in this line of work, this that area of coaching. I think that's great. And you shared a little bit about your journey on how you started this work, where you went through a divorce. And based off of that experience, you wrote your book and then you started helping other people. What were some of the things you started to learn as you were in that space of transition? Yeah. Um, so I left my now ex-husband on my 30th birthday and I had always envisioned being a mom and being a wife and you know doing, doing the American dream, what society mm-hmm. tells us is normal and what we should all want. And so I wanted that by the time I was 30. And so then to kind of blow up my life on my 30th birthday was pretty big. And I had yeah. to spend some pretty intentional time creating a new vision for myself. So, okay, if I'm not married, um, what does that look like? Do I still want children? What does that look like? Um, Do I want to get remarried? Do I want to date? What do I want to do? And uh, the marriage was not a good one. He was very abusive in every sense of the word and was a narcissist. And so lots of trust issues there that I um, got to work through with amazing counselors and therapists. (laughs) And then, um, just really, I didn't realize I was in a transition. I didn't realize the things that I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. I just knew I didn't like my life. Mm -hmm. I was not where I wanted to be. I was not making the decisions I was and showing up. I had very low self-esteem, self-image. And so I was attracted to men that would treat me the way that I felt I deserved to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to repeat that pattern. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I needed to do some hard work on myself. So I dove deep into the, the personal development, self-help world uh, for the first time ever in my early 30s and just, you know, read every book I could get my hands on, listened to every podcast anyone recommended and just started taking action on the things that I kept hearing repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And so for you, it was learning more information, right? Diving deeper, reading the books, uh, listening to the podcast and taking action. What was the first thing you did? Like the first step for you and everybody's step is going to look a little different, but for you, what was that first thing you did that helped to shift you into a different version of yourself? That first part of your own growth. I love um, reflecting back on this moment. So six months after um, I had left, it was New Year's Eve and I went out with friends who all happened to be coupled up, uh, but we got dolled up and I was not worried about it. I'm like, I'm in a good, healthy place. And that was true until all the, all the liquor was flowing pretty nice (laughs) and midnight hit and everybody had someone to kiss, but Mm. me. And I just went down the crying spiral and was the girl nobody wants to be out with. (laughs) And um, they got me home. And the next morning, I was feeling very embarrassed and ashamed. And I'm like, Oh, my gosh, I was that girl, like nobody wants to be that girl. Um, And so, you know, sending apology texts and being pretty hungover. And just was like, Okay, I got a second chance at life. Had I stayed, I probably wouldn't even still be alive today. So what Mm. am I doing? Mm. And so I wrote down, I don't want to continue what I'm doing. What is it that I do want to do? 
And I wrote down kind of basically a bucket list. Mm-hmm. And two of the things on that list, one was learn how to salsa dance and one was go skydiving. Well, it's January and I live in Kansas. So skydiving was not an immediate thing that I could do. <laughs> uh, but there upon Googling, I found out there was a salsa class the very next night. Mm-hmm. And so I was terrified. Uh, like I shared, I had low self-esteem, low self-image, was very just like afraid of my own shadow kind of mm-hmm. and didn't like to go anywhere on my own, always needed somebody to like hold my hand basically. Mm-hmm. And so I tried. I tried real hard on Facebook. I was like, oh, look at this class. Who wants to go? And there were no takers. And I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, not all at once. Yes. And so finally, what I did was I posted on Facebook. I said, I am going to this class at seven o'clock. Someone check in with me at 815 and ask me how it was. And that was Mm -hmm. my way of building accountability because I sure didn't want to be the chicken who was like, oh, I didn't go. I stayed home and watched Netflix. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, yeah. Um, so I went to my first dance class and it was hugely out of my comfort zone. I was shaking the whole time. I was terrified, but I met the nicest people who were so welcoming and they all were like, we'll see you next week. Right. And I was like, Oh, I just was going to come to one salsa class and be like, check. Like, I got to keep coming back. And so I did, I showed up week after week after week. And that experience of getting out of my comfort zone initially, but then the practice of continually doing it Mm -hmm. completely changed my world. Mm, I love that. I love that. And one of the reasons why is because it's to some people, it doesn't sound as big or as scary because they're like, it's just a dancing class. Now for me, that's scary because I don't have no rhythm whatsoever. So, (laughs) so that would be huge for me. Um, And as you talked about, you know, with a history of low self-esteem and, you know, insecurities, I imagine that that was big for you as well. And the reason why I think it resonates with so it why it resonates with so many people is because it's even though in your head it feels scary, it was it's just a class. And at any moment you can leave the class. At any moment you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to say, or if you didn't like it, you don't need to return. But you gave yourself a chance to actually try. And that moment, taking taking a class, right, can help shift your perspective so much that your entire life can look different just because you allowed yourself to step out of your comfort zone. Like it's so it's, it's, it's courageous. And everybody thinks just like skydiving, you know, is brave. <laughs> oh, and no. I did that. That was my 31st birthday. My, it was for my thirties for 31st birthday. I took myself skydiving and I call it my 30th birthday redo. And mm. it was kind of me taking back my life. And by then I'd been dancing for six months. I was no longer just going to salsa class for one hour on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. I was going to all the classes on all the nights. And I was on a um, bachata performance team. I didn't even know what bachata was. Uh, it's <laughs> another form of Latin dancing. Mm-hmm. And we're traveling. We're going to Dallas and Kansas City and Oklahoma City and performing in front of people. And everybody's looking at me like, who are you? <laughs> I, oh my gosh, that is great. I am curious, and this might be the therapist in me, so 
<laughs> you know, we always going to get up in somebody's business. Um, but I am curious about the the self-esteem issues and the insecurity. Is that something that started within your marriage or was that something that you had already been experiencing and maybe it was exacerbated by some of the difficulties within your, your marriage? Yeah, it definitely existed prior to meeting him. I never would have given him the time of day. Um, I met him online and he did not meet the things that I had set up as my must haves. Mm -hmm. And my friend was like, give it a shot. You never know. And I did. And there were red flags and I ignored them. Um, And I allowed him to treat me in ways that no human should be treated. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've, I've always struggled um, since I was small. I remember my first kind of experience of depression was when I was 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always kind of had anxiety and depression. And a little background for your therapist brain <laughs> is uh, that my birth father looks very much like me. He's very uh, Mexican and just, yep. When I did finally meet him when I was 19, it's like I'm a spitting image of him. Mm-hmm. And I did not grow up with him. I grew up with my amazing mom, who is very white, <laughs> who married my amazing dad, who adopted me and raised me, who is also very white. And they had my amazing, beautiful, talented sister, who is very white, tall, blonde, <laughs> and skinny. And so I, we had jokes. Um, I, there was a lot of self-deprecation. I was like, oh, I'm the Mexican mm-hmm. kid. I have the Mexican daughter. Um, we were military. So they didn't, military didn't want to pay for braces. And now I'm too old for braces. But yet my sister, because she's six years younger, she got braces. And so we just joked that, oh, yeah, it's because I'm the Mexican daughter. You didn't want to pay for my braces. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got a jacked up grill and just all these <laughs> stories that I would tell myself and saying them right now, I'm like, oh my gosh, I used to play that story in my head every day Mm -hmm. and saying it now. I'm like, that's hurtful. Like, how dare I talk to myself that way? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so earlier when we were talking about the limiting beliefs, the stories that we tell ourselves, the patterns we create as when we are younger, it can definitely help shape who we are as an as adults and what we tolerate because if we don't shift, if we don't, for lack of a better term, learn any better, then it just continues to repeat. So it's often not a surprise when people, you know, end up in situations or relationships that are toxic or unhealthy because they generally help to reinforce the story in some way, shape or fashion or form. And I... I've talked about this before with another guest. And so I hope that the more people hear stories like this, they are less judgmental of themselves and others if they are in a situation that um, that they know isn't, isn't good for them, isn't healthy, isn't safe for them. Um, and then understanding how you can work your way through past it, right? Like you you can start to heal from that type of situation, whether it's with a, a partner or a family member or whomever, um, where if we don't work on 
us and we don't do that inner work, then it can definitely manifest itself in a lot of toxic traits and, and unhealthy relationships. But we don't have to stay there. That doesn't have to be the story. So just like you and some of the other guests that we've had on, once you get the, the skills and the understanding of what is actually happening, and for a lot of us, it does take working with another person, which is why we have therapists, why we have coaches. Um, but once you have that understanding, that doesn't have to be the story, right? Because that's, that's, this is past tense as we're talking to, talking about it right now. This isn't the current story because you've worked to move past that. Um, and I'll keep talking. So if you want to jump in, jump in. <laughs> You're nailing um, it. <laughs> But I think that's actually a great transition into uh, the book that you wrote, which uh, you write about creating your happy life. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Um, a couple of years into my transformation, uh, you know, like I shared, I was a completely different person. I'm healthier, happier, um, visibly. I had lost weight, would walk in a room with confidence. Um, the activities I was doing, the people I was hanging around, I mean, everything was completely different. Mm -hmm. And so the friends and family that had kind of watched all this transpire started being like, man, we just watched you completely transform. Like, how did you do it? And like I shared, I'm a special education teacher. And so I was like, well, I don't know. And so I started <laughs> reflecting on it. Mm -hmm. And I started being like, well, you know, really, you know, I, going to that dance class and then keep showing up. That was a huge one. So busting out of my comfort zone, like, and I finally eventually gave in and started a stupid gratitude journal. I really, really, <laughs> I, I like fought against that one for a long time. It was like the sixth book I read it in before I was like, come on, people. Like, it can't be that great. It is. Tell you, it's amazing. It's so small. It is so amazing. Mm -hmm. um, so I just really, I started like you do in sixth grade. <laughs> that's what I was teaching at the time. Um, started like brain mapping, you know, put in the center, like transformation, and then started doing all like the spider legs out. Like, what did I do? Busted out of my comfort zone, started a gratitude journal, started doing affirmations every morning. And I just brain dumped it all. Mm. And then I started looking for patterns and magically there were 10 and I was like, Oh, 10 a good number. And so I called those the create a life you love foundational habits. And I started creating little mini lessons and worksheets. You know, the teacher in me just is always there <laughs> um, to help the friends and family that were asking me, what did you do? I'm like, well, I started a gratitude journal and they're like, what the hell is that? And so I'm like, well, here's five easy steps to start a gratitude journal and a little printable worksheet. And here you go. And so as they did that, then they're like, oh my gosh, this happened and this happened and this happened. This is amazing. What else did you do? And so I'm like, well, I did affirmations. And they're like, like Stuart Smalley, like from Saturday Night Live, I'm good enough. And, you know, gosh darn it, people like me. I'm like, yeah, no, not quite there. But because, <laughs> um, yeah, the, my friends and family had never really dove into the self-help world. And that's why I never really was exposed to any of these very foundational, very what most people would consider basic um, self-help principles, but they weren't, I didn't know them. 
they were not foundational to me. They were not mm. basic to me. Mm. And to the people I was sharing them with, it was brand new information to them. And so my book really is those 10 foundational things that any beginner can pick up and read and implement and have their own transformation. You know, it's always it's so funny to me when clients, whether it's for coaching or for uh, therapy, when they're like, "This, how is this supposed to help me? This is so small because they feel like their problems are so big that this one thing just can't, couldn't possibly be helpful. Like this, Shakia, this is so silly. Like there's one skill uh, I teach <laughs> it's called half smile and it sounds so simple where you just practice just smiling you don't have to give a huge grin it doesn't have to be a big old smile you just practice smiling just a little and we go through you know the why you do that and it always feels so awkward because they're like I'm just gonna sit here and start smiling like you know how is this gonna help me but then the more you implement these quote unquote, little things, the bigger the change you start to see when it's consistent. So what, you know, some may call basic, I love the reframe of no foundational, (laughs) because they are important. And I think, you know, people can minimize or dismiss things that they consider quote unquote, basic, but these are the foundation the foundational blocks you need in order to create that version of yourself that you want to step into. So in order to get there, well, this is where we start, you know? So I I love that going back to the beginning, going back to the basics. But for those who don't know, it's not going back. It's learning for the first time, just as, just as your students, they, you know, you teach them sixth grade uh, uh, math, or I'm not sure which, um, if there's a specific subject, but you all teach them. them all, you, you know, you all teach them a, a formula for the first time. You don't expect them to know it because they don't know it. So you start where, you know, where they are at that level and you keep going, which is what's happening. So, yeah, I love that. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add? Because I think I jumped in. <laughs> Oh, no, you're good. It did remind me of, you know, when you put yourself out there, whether you're doing a Facebook Live or a podcast (laughs) or, you know, hitting publish on a book, which Mm -hmm. literally when I hit that button, I thought I was going to throw up. Um, (laughs) It was terrifying (laughs) that, you know, there's going to be haters, there's going to be trolls, Mm -hmm. but you still like you want the positive feedback you want it. And so I remember the day I got my first and to my knowledge, I haven't checked in a while, my first negative review on Amazon. And I read it. And it was just this woman who was like, I'm so tired of this fluffy BS. Like if I read one more book that tells me to get enough sleep at night, I'm going to puke, like don't quit your day job type of thing. And I was like, ouch. But then (laughs) once I started processing it, I'm like, that was my intent. That was but I, I wanted it to be basic. I wanted it to be for beginners. So I'm sorry, lady, you are not my ideal client. You are not the person I wrote this book for. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you well. And I nailed it. I did exactly what I went out to do. So yeah. yay me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yay you. And if she had been taking the advice that was in the book, then she probably wouldn't have been looking for another book to tell her how to create a happy life. So let's just put things into perspective. <laughs> 
sounded so grumpy. Maybe if she got a good night's sleep the night before. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So actually, speaking of getting a good night's sleep, we talk about transitions, right? Navigating with grace and ease. How can we start to do that? So whether it's something like going through a divorce or or getting a promotion or having a baby, how do we navigate those transitions and maintain our sanity? Yes, I, I love this question. And so I did spend some time and I created a free PDF that I'd love to share with your audience if you feel it would be helpful for them. But I broke down um, how to triumphantly navigate a life transition. Mm-hmm. And so I broke it into three steps. And so the first step is to recognize and acknowledge. So just saying, hey, I'm in a life transition and things might get a little messy and that's okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to know all the answers. I don't have to know all the hows. I don't have to know the next steps. It's okay. And then once you recognize and acknowledge that you're in a life transition, then really being conscious about your thoughts. Because uh, like we've shared before, you know, your subconscious thoughts control like 90% of all of your actions. Mm-hmm. And so really being aware of those, those things going in your head, are you saying, I can't do this? Uh, this is too hard. Um, things like that, that's going to hold you back. But if you're like, this is hard and I'm learning, or I don't know how to do this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, just small little reframes can really help you. And then acknowledging, recognizing and acknowledging the emotions that you're feeling. Like we touched on before, there's room for all the emotions. Mm-hmm. You may be writing in your gratitude journal and being like, I am so thankful that this happened and look at this and look at that. And then start bawling and being like, but, you know, I'm moving and I'm going to miss my friends and da, 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 And it's okay, right? Once you recognize and acknowledge it, um, what's the saying? Name it and tame it. Mm-hmm. So say, I'm feeling excited for the future and I'm mourning my past. And that's okay. Own it. And then, sorry, you were going to say something. <laughs> oh, no, just... Uh, you know, it, it's so important for people to remember that they get to have the and, the A and B, instead of feeling as if it only is the or. Well, if I am moving, then I don't get to be scared because I'm moving for a different job or business or what have you. Or if I'm moving, then I don't get to be excited because I feel like I'm being forced into a a certain situation. And maybe it's not something that you are all that excited about or, you know, whatever it is. They always feel like it has to be this either or thing when, in fact, you get to have a range of emotion because you are human. And so it's expected. It's okay if you are excited and nervous. Absolutely. Um, so that first step was to recognize and acknowledge. And then the second step is to reflect and respond. And so that's really you choosing how to respond because mm-hmm. variables are going to get thrown at you that you have no control over, mm-hmm. but you get to control how you respond to it. Mm-hmm. So even just the simple reframe of why is this happening to me and what do I get to learn? Sorry. Um, by saying, why is this happening to me? That's victim talk, mm-hmm. right? 
you want to shift it to why is this happening for me and what do I get to learn from this? And so really embracing it. And yeah, so just really thinking, yes, there are a million things out of my control, but who do I want to be during this transition and who do Mm -hmm. I want to be after this transition? Mm. I like that. Who do I want to be during the transition? Because you're that's part of the journey. It's part of the process. And so often we want to get to the after, but it's like, wait a minute, before we get there, we got to go through this. So who do I want to be now? Like how can, who, who, who can I show up as now so that I can navigate this as best as possible or with grace and ease, as you say. <laughs> I like that. Absolutely. So after you've recognized and acknowledged and you've reflected and responded, now you're going to realign and envision. And that's my favorite part. That's where you get to really start creating that new vision for yourself. So I call them the create a life you love for questions. And it's who do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? Mm-hmm. And then the most important one, how do you want to feel? Mm-hmm. Because tapping into that emotional part of our brain is what really drives it home. Mm-hmm. And after you kind of go through those, because you can just ask, who do I want to be? And you'll get to a surface level. But it's like looking at that question from all the different angles and making yourself take the time to dig deeper mm-hmm. and then tapping into that emotion. And then you can always do what's called the seven wise deep. So why is it that I want to be, do, have, feel these things. And it'll be surface level. And then ask yourself, so why is that important to me? And whatever that answer is, and why is that important to me? And you do that, it takes five to seven times, but at some point you'll really hit that emotional, deep down, why it really is important to you. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're going to hang on to when your willpower fails you, because it will. You'll you'll get tired. <laughs> you'll need it. You'll feel like life. yeah, or feel like you're not as motivated. Mm-hmm. And then the story will start of, well, I'm just lazy. And it's like, nope, it's a little bit more than that. Let's not cop out to laziness. Um, so yeah, isn't it always amazing when you do the exercise with clients and they get to that beyond surface level response of the why and it's like oh and that light bulb you can see that light bulb go off and I keep telling people you think these things are little but all this all the quote-unquote little things add up to big change Awesome. 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 I love that and I'll definitely add that into along with all of your other information um in the show notes so that people can access it um, because I think doing the exercise is certainly helpful. Um, Which, and this is a great time to talk a little bit about how you help your clients. What type of work do you do? uh, Coaching, one-on-one groups, all that. So can you share a little bit about how you help your clients? Yes. I'm very excited to be moving into group coaching. I've done group two cohorts of a 10-week group coaching thing, one in person, one online. And then I moved into one-on-one. And now I'm moving into a very structured, completely revisioned, much more in-depth. Because when I did those other two group coaching, all I had was my personal experience, the first level of coaching certification for Dr. Shannon, and the teachings of my book. Mm. We all evolve. So that was two 
two-ish plus years mm-hmm. ago. And so now I'm taking everything I've learned in the last couple of years and bringing in the past things I've taught, the new things I've learned, the neuro coaching model, and um, I walk them through what's called the Create a Life You Love Roadmap. And it's a roadmap. It's a step-by-step process. And I've broken it into four phases. And I've called it the Unleashed Method because mm-hmm. I just, I love helping my clients become unleashed. And so like in January, I finally decided for myself at 37 that, you know what, my life is pretty good. And while I thought that I wanted kids, my life has evolved and I'm okay. I don't, I don't need to have that to feel fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And while that makes my mom very sad, um, (laughs) my mother too. (laughs) Yeah. Like my sister has three beautiful babies. Like she's still a grandma. You're okay. Um, (laughs) and so, yeah, but acknowledging that and accepting that and taking that new vision and becoming unleashed and stepping into that unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I like to help my clients do. And so we go through the unleashed method where phase one, we unleash a vision we love. And that's all that foundational vision work of mm-hmm. working around those four questions and diving deep into our why and a variety of other things to really solidify our vision. And then phase two is unleash a mind we love. That's where we bring in the neuro coaching model. And we say, okay, here's where I'm at and here's my vision. Mm -hmm. The only thing stopping me from living that vision is myself and my brain. So let's unpack that. (laughs) Let's move past that. And then we unleash a body we love. And that has nothing to do with some stupid number, some scale says in the morning. This is, like you're saying, those daily consistent habits that you do every day that help you show up with the energy and confidence that you need to live out that vision that you've created. And then we fuse it all together and phase four, unleash a life you love. And that's where we start looking at what are the maintainable, sustainable steps so that you can keep going. Because I tell my clients about every 90 days, you have the opportunity to level up. Mm, mm, and so mm-hmm. they have access to the content for lifetime and then the coaching for there's different packages that they can pick because everybody's journey is unique and needs are different. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that's our super exciting thing that we are working on launching. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun building it and creating it. And I hired in another master certified neuro coach from my, um, cohort and she's amazing and I love the energy she brings to the table and she's also a certified RRT tapper so she's oh okay tapping, yeah tapping mm-hmm. into the program we're mm-hmm. merging that in there too so I'm excited to learn more about that and start incorporating that into my daily routines too yeah listen tapping is a game changer I, I it wasn't always my favorite thing I'm just gonna be honest um but uh, I, there was a particular situation that was going on. And, you know, sometimes the, the even when you have the skills, because you are a, a human, right? Because I am a person, uh, I still might be uh, resistant to doing certain things. But I was saying, well, what can I do in this moment? And tapping. And, and it and it started to help shift what was going on. So yeah, I love that. I love that. I love all of it. 
Is there anything that we haven't covered, a question that I haven't asked you, but you feel like, Shakia, I just want to make sure people know this. I know there's going to, as soon as we're done, I'm going to be like, dang it. Why didn't I say this? <laughs> Don't um, worry. Cause I still have one more question for you. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> Maybe that'll be it. That's what that'll uncover it. <laughs> so, you know, the show is called aligned and free and I love to hear people's take on what an aligned life is for them. So I'm curious, as we talk about creating the life you love, what does an aligned life or an aligned life and business look like for you? Yes. When I saw the title of your show, I was like, I'm in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about it. Um, living an aligned life is real to me is really creating that vision and then doing the steps to make it happen because mm -hmm. it takes action. And some of mm -hmm. that action is controlling your thoughts and choosing the stories that you want wired um, and automated. Um, but then, you know, if you're saying, because uh, now I don't do brain, I don't do affirmations. I do brain priming. It's just a whole level deeper and all mm -hmm. based on the neuroscience. But so if your brain priming statement says, you know, for a business, um, you know, I am a six figure entrepreneur, but then when you set time in your schedule to work on your business, but instead you go to happy hour with friends or turn off mm. the Netflix, are you aligned? Is that, are the actions you're taking? Or even so you say I'm a six figure entrepreneur, but you don't put the space on your calendar to be doing the things that six figure entrepreneurs do. Mm. And the same thing for if you're working on your health or your finances or your relationships, you know, if you want to find the love of your life, what are you doing to work on yourself to attract the, you know, you're saying, I want all these things. Are you all these things? Do you bring them to the table too? <laughs> like, and then doing the, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, that, that's a whole nother segment. We could go. So. <laughs> but absolutely. But if yeah. If you're saying I want someone with hobbies and da 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 and then you're like, awesome, what are your hobbies? Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> like, yes, oh, you ain't yes. gonna meet somebody with hobbies if you're not out doing hobbies that you enjoy. <laughs> yes. Oh man, absolutely. Out just this one quick uh story. I was working with somebody and um I was I asked I asked them you know, would you date you? Would you date you? Are you somebody that you would be excited to see, that you would be excited to show up and hang out with? And we have to look and ask ourselves, ask ourselves these questions because at some point we have to get truthful. So in order to do what we've been talking about this entire time, creating the life you love, navigating transitions with grace and ease, overcoming limiting beliefs, unleashing your power, your greatness, all of it, then you have to be truthful with yourself in terms of what are some of the things that I can work on because I actually don't, don't like this part or this is no longer helpful. This is no longer serving me. And so we, we gotta, we gotta get truthful at times. So yeah, I love that, right? Like you want somebody with hobbies, but what are your hobbies, ma'am? 
what what are your hobbies? <laughs> exactly. So, and I love, love yeah, I love that you bring in the truthfulness because um having that outside perspective through therapy, coaching, that type of outside, unbiased perspective. Cause you could tell your friend, hey, I'm gonna work out three times this week and then like check in with me and your friend's like, Hey, how were your three workouts? Well, I got one at, well, your friend loves you. And it's going to be like, that's okay. There's next week. You'll mm-hmm. get there. No problem. Um, or your mom or whoever, but mm-hmm. if you invest in yourself and show up in a way that you're doing therapy, counseling, coaching, you've got that level of accountability <laughs> of someone who's going to call you out on your BS and mm-hmm. be like, are you, is this in alignment? You you told me last week you wanted this. Is that yeah? Are you behaving in alignment? No. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. Hmm. Yeah. Because at some at some point we have to go beyond the excuse mm. to get what we want. We have to go beyond the excuse behind the well. It's because of this. Well, it's because of that. We also have to go beyond the victim mindset. And a lot of people don't like the word victim. A lot of people get offended when we first introduce this topic of of acting in the role of the victim because it's like how no I'm a survivor I've overcome this I'm resilient and yet we still or you still have this victim mindset so at what point do we say I'm no longer going to act from this place because it is not moving me forward. It's keeping me right where I am. Um, And so that's why it's important to take the steps to rewire your certain pathways. It's important to go deeper and beyond the surface level. And it's also important to stop going only to the people in your inner circle who love you the most because sometimes you don't get what it is you need. And sometimes you need that that push from another person to really help you to stop making those excuses so that you can propel forward. Yeah. Like with, you know, there'll be times I'm like, well, I don't want to reach out to three people on Facebook that might be my ideal client. Oh, crud. I've got a uh, coaching appointment with my business coach tomorrow and she's going to ask me who are my three. Okay. I'm just going to do it because <laughs> the, I don't want to fess up that I didn't do it. And so mm-hmm. without that, I would push it down another week, push it down another week or be like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's why coaching is so great because of that accountability piece. Mm-hmm. I know when I was working with my coach, I'm like, Oh man, I better make sure I do this because otherwise it's just one, it's a, you're, it's a waste of money, (laughs) you know? Um, but also what would be, what's the purpose of you signing on to work with them if you don't do anything? And we all have our different journeys and life does happen, but we still have to figure out what, what is it that we can do? And, you know, this past year, a lot of life has been happening. A lot of things have been going on and a lot of us have been dealing with our own, um, journeys and struggles. I know I had, unfortunate things happen, but it's, I still, it wouldn't have been helpful for me to just stay in that place, right. Of, of grief and mourning. Like, yes, I have to, and I process it. And, and each day you learn how to get through some things, but to just stay only in that space, it, it doesn't help 
it, it, it's not helpful for the situation. Um, oh my gosh, I just love talking to you and I can literally do this all day, but I'm not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Because I'm like, we could just keep talking and talking. And right. <laughs> so we'll just have you back. Um, but so I'll ask you again if there's anything that did come up that you would like to uh, share. Any any final thoughts? Uh, the main thing is, and you were kind of just touching on it, is wherever you're at, you are not stuck. Hmm. You can do a small action today that moves you forward, but it takes action and it takes deciding. You have to decide in advance and choose, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this and then actually do it. Mm -hmm. um, but no matter how good or bad life is right now, um, you're not stuck there. And we aren't created to be stagnant creatures. We're always learning, growing. If you are alive, you're in some type of transition, whether it's big or small, or you know yeah. it or not. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Chantel. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed this conversation and I know it's going to be helpful. Um, but thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And we'll just do this again as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to have you on my podcast, the Create a Life You Love podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'll tell <Yes>. the story. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thanks for joining us this week on the Aligned and Free Show. Remember to head on over to bit.ly forward slash aligned and free so that you can grab your free manifestation check and join our email list. Check us out on Instagram at aligned and free co for more information on the aligned and free show as always subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so that we can continue to bring you amazing content see you next week